this is Proverbs 15, part 2. Part 2. Proverbs 15, the revenge, if you want to call it that. I don't know. Uh, verses 1 and 2. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, give us wise speech. Make us godly um, in our thinking and in our conversation for your glory. Through Christ I pray, amen. Now, I struggle with these Proverbs advice, as I've confessed before, because I, I tend not to be the gentle answer guy. Last time we talked about how it's just a beautiful proverb because a gentle answer does turn away. Actually, say it out loud with me again, just so that it, we can embed it in our minds a little bit more. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Gentle answer turns away wrath. But harsh words stir up anger. Boy, we really know that to be true. Um, and we talked about how we needed to be as followers of Christ. We want to hear God's voice. We want to hear the voice of the shepherd when he's saying to us, be gentle with your words. And the big problem with harsh words inappropriately is because we're blo blocking out the good shepherd's voice and not listening to him. We're just listening to our own voice and, and we want to hear God's voice all the time. But I also struggle with this gentle answer turns away wrath thing because my life has been deeply influenced by people who have spoken harsh words that have stirred up anger in the redemptive way. The last time we talked about how words are powerful, we need to be wise. Um, uh, uh, we need to be gentle. Actually, this time I want to talk about how words are powerful, we need to be wise. Um, notice verse 2 says, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable but the mouth of fools spouts folly. First, I want to quickly admit that what I'm going to do with this, these verses may not be the original intended message of the writer of this proverb. What I'm going to share with you is biblical, but I don't know that it's really intended to be the message of the, I think the, the message of this proverb really is that gentle words are better than harsh words. I think that's the intended message. However, um, I want to talk today about the value of harsh words stirring up anger. Again, this is not the passage. My roommate in college would have said, uh, right sermon, wrong verse, but Work with me on this a little bit. With that caveat, a harsh, harsh words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise make knowledge, makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. When I read that, I think about Jesus in the temple. When Jesus went to the temple, he did not speak gentle words. He went to the temple twice and spoke very harsh words out of righteous anger that stirred up anger of those who were unrighteous. And that wasn't a bad thing. Again, I don't think that that's the intent of the writer of the proverb, but it's true. 
Sometimes harsh words are necessary. Harsh words, even spoken in harsh ways, like you've turned my father's house, it should be a house of prayer, into a den of thieves. He often spoke words to sinful people that made them knowledgeable. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. The tongue of the wise, the tongue of the wise knows how to use words, sometimes gentle, sometimes harsh, to make people teachable for righteousness' sake, in other words. So as I read this devotionally this past week, it started to imagine, it started to think about the people in my life who've spoken harsh words, and I'm thankful for that. You know, uh, Proverbs 27, verse 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. There's no proverb that says, as, you know, as velvet sharpens iron, as a pillow sharpens iron. No, if iron is going to be sharpened, it's going to require iron. And for some of us to be teachable, for some of us to grow, it's going to require iron words that cause the friction the harshness of iron sharpening iron. Nobody likes to hit your brakes and to hear metal on metal. And yet that's what is necessary sometimes for us to have a righteous repentance. I'm thankful for the harsh words people in my life. I'm thankful for Paul Frisney who shared many harsh words with me when I was in college. I remember one time I was feeling sorry for myself about something. And Paul said, Brett, I feel sorry for you, but I think one person at a time is enough. That's a really good line, actually. And it was a harsh word, but I needed to hear it. I'm really thankful for Roseanne Russell's harsh words. Um, there, you know, uh, I remember one time on, on the porch at the lake talking about something and, and saying to Roseanne, there aren't levels of reward in heaven. And, and Roseanne's like, well, what do you do with the parable of the talents. What do you do with, you know, and she just went through all these different parables and teaching of Jesus, like, you know, you know, about greater rewards. It's like, oh, I hadn't thought about that before. She wasn't particularly gentle in doing that with me. She was just being clear. I remember the time I said to Roseanne, uh, I was, after we'd started a new life, I called her. I was like, Roseanne, I'm kind of discouraged. I can think of 50 guys that can do this better than I can. And Roseanne didn't say, oh, she didn't give me gentle words. She said, she gave me kind of hard word, harsh words, strong words. She said, Brett, yeah, you're right. There are lots of guys who could do it better than you, but God hasn't called them. He's called you. And her message was basically quit your whining and get to work. You know, don't focus on what other people could do. That's a wasted energy. And her harsh words stirred up righteousness, a righteous thinking in me. I'll never forget when I was on my internship in college. And Bob Russell had told me he wanted me to go meet people, go, go visit people who hadn't been in church for a while. Now, when I was in college, I was uh, going to be a senior in college. I've been there three years in school. The number one thing I was taught many times is you never cold call people. You always set up an appointment before you visit people. It's courteous. You know, you want to make sure people are there. Just, I mean, we, in the classroom, I was told here are the right, you never do it that way. You always do it this way. And the reasons are why. And so, you know, I try called some people, I visited some people and there were like two people that he asked me to cold call that I hadn't been able to get a hold of and hadn't been able to visit. And he holds me accountable. He says, so Brett, how'd you do with these calls I gave you? And I said, well, I haven't been able to visit these two 
people because they haven't answered the phone when I called. And Bob said, Brett, there's a reason that I didn't want you to call them ahead of time. Said, I knew these people that if you called ahead of time, they would either not answer your call or they would tell you, no, they didn't want you to visit them. And I wanted you to go visit them anyway and have a conversation with them and let them know we miss them and see how they're doing. And they said, insubordination will get you fired. <laughs> um, I'm 57 years old, and I still remember that those harsh words. And I learned a whole lot about, you know, sometimes we do things, sometimes leaders know what they're doing when they tell us to do things that we, uh, that don't make sense to us. And I also learned something about holding people accountable. Harsh words that stirred up some righteousness in me. Um, I'm thankful for March Ferguson. Most of the time, the words that she had with me were kind and gentle words. But I remember her challenging me to be more gracious with people. I remember one time I was prepared, working a sermon that back in the day when few people had computers. They had a computer, and I was writing my sermon on their computer over at their house. And I was really stressing, and, and Marge was like, Brett, why are you so stressed? And I was talking to her about my stress and all this stuff. And she said, Brett, lighten up. And I was kind of, what? You know, and she told me this whole story about when she was, and Ron were younger and how they were getting all, you know, twisted up and something and really upset about it. And, and Ron's dad, Mayo, said to them, hey, lighten up. And how, you know, sometimes we just get upset about things, too upset about things that we really don't need to be. Um, those were not gentle words necessarily, but they were iron sharpening iron. Those are needed words. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. If you have some of these take-no-prisoners kinds of people in your life, I hope you th they're thankful for them. Because sometimes God can use iron sharpening iron a whole lot more powerfully than he can use somebody with a pillow who's trying to sharpen us. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Harsh words stir up anger. Boy, it's true. So words are powerful. What do we do with this? I think most of the time we need to be gentle so we don't unnecessarily escalate. Most of the time, we need to not try to rationalize using harsh words in situations, but just take this proverb as it is. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Harsh words stir up anger. Don't be harsh. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. The mouth of fools spouts folly. And often when we escalate, we're just spouting foolish words of folly. Usually harsh words are unwise. Usually they reflect pride, not wisdom. However, if you have wise Christians in your life, you be thankful when they speak truthful, iron sharpening iron's words because they love you. Most of us don't like to be confronted and we tend to get defensive or feel hurt. And certainly in this age where, you know, everybody is afraid of, you know, being unsafe. 
if God has given you a Paul Fristney or a Roseanne Russell, you listen and be thankful. Second, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. When you find yourself in that position where you need to be, remember that iron sharpening iron demands maturity, courage, wisdom, and love. Those are the four words that I just wrote down. Maturity, because you need to be mature enough to know when to pick your battles. Is this something that's really worth iron or is it worth a pillow? Mature enough to know that you are able to judge the relationship you have with that person. Is the relationship mature enough to take iron sharpening iron? Um, not everybody. I mean, Paul Frisney, Roseanne Russell, March Ferguson had a place in my life that they could be iron sharpening iron. Second, it takes courage. Maturity, second courage, is easier to speak a gentle word than it is a harsh word that stirs up righteous anger. Because the gentle word can make the other person feel good about you. And sometimes, you know, but enemies, you know, the, the, the kisses of an enemy are profuse. But it's the wounds of a friend that are faithful. It takes courage to have wound, wound, the, the, to give wounds of a friend. It also takes wisdom. First, again, it takes wisdom to know that you are saying the right words in the right way. Even harsh words have to be loving words. We always speak the truth in love. We don't speak harsh words to injure. We don't want to increase the injury unnecessarily do injury. We want to be like David and Nathan, Nathan to David. He is wise in his harsh words when he helps David see how he has sinned. And then he says to David, you are the man. Those are harsh words, but wise. And then finally, we have to have love. Again, enemies love to flatter because they don't care about you. They just want, they care about how you feel about them. True friends love enough to risk the relationship because they want what's best for you. When Paul Fristy says to me, <laughs> when Paul Fristy says to me, I'd feel sorry for you, but I think one person at a time is enough, uh, it's because he really cares about me. And I'll always appreciate that. Is there an ironing, iron sharpening iron relationship conversation that you need to have? today or this week? Is there an iron sharpening iron conversation that you are avoiding this week? I want to encourage you to go ahead and have it because God can use that to help a friend and to cement a relationship. I can tell you stories. I'm not going to take the time right now of how people have confronted me and the result of their difficult conversation built trust for me because not only did I appreciate the way that they went about it and even though it convicted me because I was wrong, um, it also told me this person isn't going to hide. This person is going to say what they think, and I'm not going to always wonder, uh, you know, are they holding back? You know, I'm not, I'm always going to know where I stand with them. And it cements the relationship. It deepens the relationship. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh words stirs up anger the tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable but the mouth of fools spout folly heavenly father help us to be gentle and wise 
Help us to speak your words and not foolish words because we are hearing your voice because you are a good shepherd and we're listening to you and we're following you and we're obeying you. And um, Lord, would you help us to see what we need to see, to repent where we need to repent, to act where we need to act. Through Christ we pray, amen. Thanks for your time. Please share this with others and that you think might find this helpful. Hope to see you soon.